It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. shop for the story secrets and shenanigans of a popcorn fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Guizel and if I sound a little quiet it's just because I'm recording this quite late at night and my hotel room has an adjoining door which I didn't think through of like every hotel I ever stay in has an adjoining door but I'm pretty sure there's someone in the room next to me and I do not want to wake them up with a woman they do not know screaming hello so I apologize This one is toned down a little, but I promise I still have all the enthusiasm inside my body after previewing D23 Expo in person at the media preview this evening. If you want to know how intense it was, how big the Anaheim Convention Center is, uh, let me just tell you that I was in my car for most of the day, or so I thought, and I just took off my Apple Watch before recording this, and I apparently walked uh, eight miles today. I closed all my rings. How? (laughs) How? All I did was go to a preview of D23 Expo. So it's going to be a big weekend, both in terms of a step output and also all of the news that is coming because there is so much news coming and we already got some this evening. We will get into that, but I want to start at the top and just let you know kind of what tonight was, what D23 Expo 2022 looks like, and the different things that we saw while we were there, some of which was very, very cool. Now, this media preview, it's a select number of media who get to go the night before D23 Expo officially kicks off, which is Friday morning, and we basically get a first look at select exhibitions and spaces within D23 Expo's main floor. To anyone who has never been to D23 Expo before, or any convention or expo, which I personally had never been to before I started covering this stuff, I just want to give you a little bit of the lay of the land. So in this convention center, the grounds of the expo, of D23 Expo, are basically filled with all these different little areas promoting everything from different facets of the Walt Disney Company, like National Geographic and Adventures by Disney and Disney Cruise Line, to brands Disney regularly partners with, like Citizen and Target. It's basically like a mini promotional mall filled with things to look at, take photos with, experience in real life, and sometimes even get giveaways for free. Uh, We saw everything from costumes from Andor and Obi-Wan Kenobi and Indiana Jones to more like 
blank spaces that were themed, but are kind of more shells, and I do not know what happens there. So we will find out about that starting tomorrow. Now, on this media preview tour, we basically visited a few select pavilions, which are like certain themed larger areas. And we got a more in-depth look at those specific ones like Disney branded television and the Disney Parks and Experiences Pavilion, which I will get into when we talk about this. But we also walked past a lot of cool stuff that things are basically done, but you know, they're still putting on the final touches. So we weren't allowed to take photos. I did. I will not post them because I don't want to get banned before it even starts. But there was like a really cool Hulk photo op that I saw and some kind of like diner themed Target activation. And there's just a a lot of cool stuff going on, and I'm very excited to walk the floor tomorrow and see it all firsthand. Also, going forward, if I use the word activation, I promise Disney has not, like, implanted a marketing chip in my brain. That's basically the term for this stuff, and the only reason I stick with it is because there's really no better word for it, like areas that are branded and promotional like it the activation is just kind of the go-to word so I apologize for the corporate speak I kind of got called out on Twitter about it but there's no better word it's why everyone uses the word immersive to just to, to discuss their hotels their restaurants their attractions their experiences everything because it's just kind of the best word to use even if it is overblown that said uh As part of our media preview, we did only see certain sections of the expo floor and something worth noting for former D23 expo attendees is that they appear to have swapped the location of some of the shopping with where those individual small business booths were before. Like, you know, the ones that are fan-based or independent booths or um, I know my friend Becky from MEI and Lou Mangiello from WW Radio. I know they have a booth there like... Those type of things, those are now closer to Hall D23 than before, which took me by surprise. So just note that. Again, we will get into everything I learned today. I just want to give you all the info up top before everything kicks off. Uh, I think that's all the announcement things I had to share. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as you can tell, Jeff Fox is not editing these late night episodes. I am. Um, so if they're a little rough around the edges... I apologize on behalf of both of us. Uh, We began the media preview tonight by seeing Walt's plane, which I got to tell you has been restored to glory and is positioned in the arena area of D23 Expo. Now, when I first heard that it was going to be there, I thought it was going to feel kind of cavernous in there. Like it was just going to be gigantic. Like I was (laughs) was picturing like, I don't know, like a basketball stadium with like a plane in the middle. But the way that they did kind of like the set dressing behind it, there's these curtains. It looks really really good they did a great job displaying it truly like the amazon partnership money is being flexed honey like they did a good job and it was so nice to see it up close and like fully spruced up following its time at disney hollywood studios on the backlot tour if you if your fandom does go that far back where you remember that um even more than the plane, though, there are these exhibition cases with very cool artifacts on the plane itself, which included some really unique items. We touched on this a bit in Wednesday's episode with Becky Klein, who is from the Walt Disney Archives and talked about a few different things. But there were other little things that I was very wowed by, specifically a cocktail napkin featuring a drawing of Mickey and Minnie flying in a propeller version of Walt's plane. They need to reproduce these. They were beautiful. I don't know why we don't have whimsical things like this anymore. Like they still print printed napkins and stuff like that. It would be such a cool souvenir. People would love stuff like this. 
They had the original illuminated cabin signs, photo postcards of the original interior. I believe it was the safety manual was on display, which is basically like a blue billfold with Mickey on the front that said, just in case. And Mickey looks quite cheerful, which, um, I don't know, maybe not the vibe for like an emergency landing, but I appreciate the joy that he brought to it. Uh, they even had some more like commonplace, aka boring stuff on display, like a beverage dispenser and food warmers. But they also had a setup with a cabin chair perched by a redesigned window, so you can kind of get a feel of what it was like in there. They also had this sick flight bag that I didn't realize until reading the caption up close in photos that it was given to passengers. Like you would go on Walt's plane and get this very cool flight bag. Think like TWA style, like a little handheld bag. And it had the cool logo on it and it was just given to you. It makes me long for the days of free, beautiful, branded little things. That's something that has definitely over the past five years slowly dissipated and left from specifically Disney resort hotels. I love little branded things and this really made me miss them. Um, And we also saw stuff like the flight operations manual and everything else we discussed with Becky. While I was there, I did say to a friend, I don't remember who I said it to, I was like, this stuff is dope. We need Disney Airlines. It might have been Craig, uh, Craig from the Diz. And I'm pretty sure it was him who said, uh, don't give them any ideas, which, yeah, I understand. If there was a Disney Airlines, we wouldn't be getting these cute little retro napkins and things. It would be like a full synergy blowout. Um, And I'm sure the snack choices would be quite limited to people they partner with. So I get it. I get it. I get it. From there, we all headed out onto the show floor, which I want to mention since I've been asked a few times about this. In terms of merchandise, we were not given media access or any access to look at really anything this evening. Apparently, there was a group of separate invitees, I think influencers, who were specifically invited to report from the stores. I'm honestly not sure. I'm confused because... We would have loved to share that with everyone. I have nothing to tell you, and I'm very sorry about it. I didn't see a single store or item, which is very different from years past when the sorcerer pass people, if you remember those, like the highest tier of passes, where they would come in and shop on this media preview night. But those passes don't really exist anymore, so I didn't see anyone going in and out of stores, and we were kept separate from that. But I do know through my channels of information, and now that people have seen the stores, I can say it, they're is Duffy merchandise for sale on the show floor? I have no idea how to get it. Uh, I believe that there is a virtual queue system that starts at 6 a.m. So (laughs) absolutely not. You need to be giving out like diamonds the size of softballs for me to be waking up at 6 a.m. during Expo to go buy stuff because I'm just so slammed. That's just because I'm working at D23 Expo, not because if I was an attendee, totally different thing. But because I'm going to be up late working, never happening. But if you do attend D23 Expo and you want to get stuff, you gotta buy Alina Bell. I cannot, I cannot exaggerate the joy I felt when I was gifted Alina Bell earlier today. She's beautiful, guys. She is beautiful. She is so soft. I couldn't put her down. I truly couldn't put her down. I'm, I keep turning away from the mic. I don't know if you can hear me just because I want to look at her. I was going to hold her while I did the episode, but I thought she would make noise. But Basically, um, the Duffy and Friends plush are wonderful. I own multiple of them. But Lena Bell has a little flower on her ear that detaches with a little loop so you can take it on and off, which I think is an incredible touch. And also, Lena Bell's tail. 
if you remember from our Lena Bell episode, um, Eva Lee talked about how Lena Bell's tale was really going to be something special. In this tale, I know I am, I know it's late at night and I know I'm yelling into a microphone alone in a room about a stuffed animal tale. But y'all, it is very robust. It is a big tale. I don't know like what scientific methods they had to invent to keep this little Lena Bell sitting upright because her tail's so big, but she still sits up. She's sitting in my bed. I'm obsessed with her. Um, the tail is incredible. I don't know why it's so satisfying to hold her. So if you are shopping at D23 Expo or if you regularly buy things online from a different theme park resort like uh, yours truly does, highly recommend getting your hand on Lena Bell. I, as you know, um, my favorite character is Gelatoni of the gang, but this Lena Bell is bringing me so much joy that she's really rising the ranks to the top. <laughs> I'll get us back on track now. Our media preview was just that, a media preview. And what makes D23 Expo so robust is that there are fans there. So I just need you to understand that what we did has a strictly different vibe from the actual Expo days. It featured a lot of executives talking, like Bob Chapek introducing Walt's plane, sporting a beard, which I did not know about, and I gotta say, the man's pulling it off, and Dana Walden introducing a Disney-branded television pavilion, and Kareem Daniel talking about bundles. So we're really not going to get into all that because one, I don't want to talk about bundles. And two, frankly, it's intended for newspapers to have these professional executive pull quotes, not people like you and me gabbing about the cool stuff and wild news we uncovered while touring these spaces. One thing most of these executives who spoke did try to emphasize was that no other company has the breadth of television and movies and characters and experiences and things that Disney has and I gotta hand it to them. They are right. No one does. It is pretty wild that they can do this. They can essentially have a Comic-Con of their own with their own IP. Paramount couldn't do this. Comcast couldn't do this. But that doesn't mean we're not going to be extremely opinionated about everything. <laughs> so let's push forward. I commend them for it. But also, we gotta talk about the Synergy Machine. Now, the Disney-branded television pavilion, which is a phrase I have never heard spoken by someone who is not employed by the Walt Disney Company. Basically, if you do not have your health insurance through the Walt Disney Company, you should not be saying things like Disney-branded television. But alas, I don't know what to call it. It's like a big old conglomeration of all their TV shows. Doesn't work as well, so we'll stick with it. This pavilion or this interactive area has 12 activations, which are essentially here photo ops, some that are more interactive than others. They're based around shows ranging from Only Murders in the Building to The Kardashians to Cruel Summer to other things that are clearly priorities for different sectors of the company. The balance really seems to be a bit like corporate people pleasy, like they have something representing every demographic, every different type of studio, every different bit. I really enjoyed the time I spent at this Disney branded television pavilion, which people are welcome to visit and just wander through for the next three days. Um, but for example, I did a basketball interactive photo op for Legacy on Hulu, which I just Googled and is apparently a show about the Lakers. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I've never seen Cruel Summer, which I took a photo op at. I only vaguely know about American Horror Story. So 
it's definitely pushing the message along that we're all the Walt Disney Company now, which I'm fine with. I'm not really bothered by that. I do like that there is something for everyone, including someone like me who loves Disney parks, and that's what brings me here. But I'm also an avid elementary fan who freaked out when the person organizing the photo op I did uh, said they'd never seen the show, and I made them promise that they would watch it. <laughs> so basically, don't be surprised if this is some people's first D23 Expo, or if you're going and it's your first time where you feel a little less completely embraced by everything you see. Because what was happening previously was what I would refer to as core Disney before they acquired 20th Century Fox. It was really the properties that you grew up with. Things like, even things like Lucasfilm and Marvel now feel so essential to the company. And now that there's all these other things there, it does feel a little like, oh, right, the Walt Disney Company is much bigger and more robust than it was when the last D23 Expo happened in 2019. And I, I think we're going to talk more about that over the weekend, but even just in this first glance, it is a reminder that, oh, oh, right, in 2019, we were pushing people to sign up for Disney+, Plus, and now Disney+, Plus is the world we live in. I'm pretty sure I heard the phrase bundle town. Like, it's truly like Disney Plus is our world and we just live in it. These are new times and expansion is the future. Um, even if that means coming to D23 Expo and inserting yourself in a family photo with the Kardashians, uh, which again is fine, but I'm just, I'm just going to say it. No TV interactive experience at D23 Expo will ever be cooler than the DuckTales money pit photo op from a few years back where people got to jump in a pit of coins. It hurt. It was very painful. I understand why they never bring it back, but boy, oh boy, it was cool. So allow this to be a reminder that the Walt Disney Company is not the same Walt Disney Company that it was in 2019. And this D23 Expo 2022, I think is going to really drive that home. Now, this year's D23 Expo is heavy on interactive photo ops across different types of pavilions, which it makes, it makes sense. Why would you just glance at an Abbott Elementary themed area when they can insert you in the middle of a scene of a show? You can feel like you're a part of it and you can share it on social media, which, come on, that's what we all want to do. But Somewhere in that mix that kind of intrigued me was at the Walt Disney Archives Presents Step in Time, the uh, main archives exhibit here at D23 Expo. We talked about this on Wednesday's episode, and I really admire what Becky and her team have done here, kind of blending artifacts that leave you kind of being like, you sure you want me to get this close to this very pricey object? They blended those into photo opportunities. But I found that upon walking in, it definitely felt pretty vacant, like there was less to see here than in years prior. And again, they've got a lot going on. Uh, there's a secondary exhibit with Walt's plane. You still can see really cool things here, but it didn't feel as dense as it has in years past. So just a heads up to anyone heading there. It is still incredible that the items that they have pulled out and put on display aren't entirely behind glass. Some of them are, some are protected, but a lot are just out in the open. So I think it is a bit of a trade-off. Before you could see things from far away, you could see costumes, but you couldn't get up close. And now you can get very close. Like people kept getting scolded. <laughs> So we'll see how it goes as time goes on over this weekend. Uh, but being able to see the bride from Haunted Mansion, it, you know, the one from Disney World before they redid the attraction, being able to see that up close, like up, like up 
close. Being able to just like sit in a kind of Dick Tracy set, it's cool, and I'm kind of here for the trade-off. Now, some of these displays were better than others. Uh, the Walt Disney Archives aimed to have one vignette representing each decade, but the Steamboat Willie one, it's it's been done before, and the Tron one was full of video games that I don't think were playable, so I wasn't really sold on those. But then there were others, like a Mary Poppins display of Julie Andrews's dress and two carousel horses from the film just sitting out there in the normal air that we breathe. Like, you could breathe on it. That was wild. I also... Again, we were moving so quickly through everything, I couldn't really do much hard reporting. But I overheard someone say that those uh, carousel horses have not like been updated since the film. They've just been sitting there. So it's pretty mind-blowing. Same goes for the Snow White and Seven Dwarfs display, which represented the 1930s. They had these old, weathered kind of promotional standees, like little figurines. Um, or not, how would I describe that? Like cutouts? cutouts, um, which were believed to be from an early European theatrical release. And these were just floating out in the wild, just in the air we breathe. Uh, but even still, even with these like artifacts, these historical artifacts, uh, the best one really required no archival wowing, which was the Disney Channel opportunity. There were costumes like what uh, D23 put on their social media. They had the Hannah Montana costume. They had some other costumes. Also, I didn't realize how small kids were. Like, those are some small costumes. But, like, literally, like, short and small. I forgot, like, now the, all those people are adults and celebrities. I forgot, like, oh, right, they were children on these shows. But anyway, the Disney Channel op... <laughs> And really, like, it's not, there's nothing you use in, in this specific opportunity that is, uh, that is archival, but it's so fun. You can use a wand, you can recreate your best Hillary Duff moment. I did it. I posted it on Instagram. I was very nervous about it because I thought I would look very stupid, but it was so much fun. And I really like that when things come together like that. It's something that is kind of a cultural touchstone. It's retro enough where now it's special. It's so simple, but it was so well executed in the way they built it out and the way the fact that they have the actual, like they have wands for you to use, that it really, really is going to make a special memory for a lot of people who visit the Walt Disney Archives Presents Step in Time. So for that, I thought it was great. We are going to take a teeny tiny break just in case there are any ads on this episode. I honestly don't know if they are because this is a not a normal weekly episode. But after this break, which may be two seconds long because I don't know how to do the transition music without Jeff. But anyway, right after the break, we will come back and we will talk about the real meat and potatoes of this, which is Disney Parks News, Disney Parks Reveals, which I can't wait to get into. Uh, be right back one sec. Anyone who's uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. 
I love the mementos I framed with Framebridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer, and it thrills me to no end that because of Framebridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. Framebridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to framebridge.com because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's framebridge.com. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Welcome back. Uh, We are going to talk about the Disney Parks and Experiences Pavilion, their area, which is called Wonderful World of Dreams. I enjoyed this area so much more than I did the last Disney Parks Pavilion from 2019 at D23 Expo 2019. I thought this was so much more pleasant of a walkthrough. There was more to see. I really... It was nice to see for so many years we've been so focused on Star Wars experiences in the park. There's been a real correlation between D23 Expo, Parks News, and Star Wars. And it was really nice to see kind of a global representation and things that were coming to parks that we don't visit. So it's exciting and a little bit more like news to us because we, we don't interact with those parks and those new, that news every single day. Now, the first thing I saw, which almost became the last thing I saw because I could not move away from it, was this unbelievable puppetry display that will, a version of it will appear at the Zootopia-themed land at Shanghai Disneyland. I know that there is news coming out about this Zootopia-themed land at Shanghai Disneyland, I believe, Coming out in Shanghai at some point today, tomorrow, this weekend, uh, I don't know what we are going to hear during the Disney Parks panel, which is on Sunday. We will be recapping that for Monday and also on Wednesday, so stay tuned. We're going to get into it. That's the main reason I'm at D23 Expo, so buckle up. Um, but I, what wowed me so much about this display is that I really thought we weren't going to see puppets in the parks anymore. I really thought it was something that the Walt Disney Company really wasn't dedicated to doing didn't you know an emphasis on live entertainment being part of the land is something we often see cut Uh, I don't want to get in trouble for saying that but we all know there was supposed to be a lot more live entertainment at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and snip snip cut cut it is not completely there so for them to lead with the one main thing we saw about Zootopia at Shanghai Disneyland being these puppets is really really significant I assume they will not be speaking English when they appear at Shanghai Disneyland. So this seems like these scripts, these characters, the way this is being displayed, especially because they're construction workers. Um, This is strictly for D23 Expo. But I, of course, cornered (laughs) 
<laughs> cornered the Imagineers who worked on this immediately after seeing this because my jaw dropped and I had to find out more. And what they told me is that there's going to be a variety of characters, a variety of creatures who are going to be brought to life within that land at Shanghai Disneyland. And the reason I'm harping on this, despite the fact that we really can't easily visit China right now, is because y'all know the rumors. I know the rumors. There's endless rumors that there will be a Zootopia-inspired land coming to Walt Disney World, coming likely to Animal Kingdom. This is just a perennial rumor that's been floating around for years and years and years. And when you kind of look at the things, the way things are lining up for what could be announced on Sunday at the Disney Parks panel, it kind of seems like that is something that could be announced. Because keep in mind, and we're going to talk about this much more in the coming days, but Epic Universe is opening at Universal Orlando Resort. They are opening a third proper gate, a truly huge new theme park on its own. And Disney does not have plans for a fifth gate. They do not have plans for a brand new theme park. So they got to bring it to compete with Epic Universe, who's going to be pulling crowds away for this brand new theme park. It's this back and forth that constantly happens. And Sunday is so important because we're finally going to learn what Disney has up their sleeve in the next few years to pull audiences back once that opens, once people are going to Nintendo land, like people are going to a Nintendo themed space and how Disney plans to get people back. So I assume the Zootopia rumors could likely come to fruition on Sunday. And if that means we're going to get puppets, more puppets, integral puppets as part of the land at a Disney World theme park, I am all for it. I thought, the puppetry was incredible. It was delightful. I loved the script. I loved it. And I hope we get so much more of it. And the fact that they're doing so different creatures, different things, it's not just like the same things all the time. I think that really brings a robustness to the land when my main objective was just like, oh, one day I'd like to get one of those big old popsicles. <laughs> like you see in the movie. Um, from there, we saw an area from Tokyo Disney Sea and some details from Hong Kong Disneyland from the lands that are forthcoming to those places. There were posters up, there was artwork, there were no names of attractions, there were no names of lands that have not been named yet, um, specifically Hong Kong Disneyland's frozen themed area. So I have to think we're going to get that on Sunday. Um, those banners were up and I would not be surprised if they replaced those banners during the parks panel. Um, the ones that I tweeted out that I just want to call out because they were the coolest ride vehicles. First of all is the Zootopia attraction vehicle at Shanghai Disneyland. It is a, how many seats is this? It is a 10 seater and it's a little police car. <laughs> uh, they had these miniature maquettes, which are just basically like small models of these vehicles. And it was just so nice to see so many new inventive vehicles that we really like. We haven't seen these before. There's a multi-passenger boat ride for a Tangled attraction at Fantasy Springs, which is the massive expansion coming to Tokyo Disney Sea. Again, another place we can't really visit right now, but I hope we can by the time this stuff opens. But seeing it like a, this miniature maquette of a Tangled attraction ride vehicle was so exciting. But my personal favorite was the attraction vehicle. For the Tinkerbell attraction, it is so beautiful. It looks like it must be a four-seater. It looks like it was handmade. Like, the details are that detailed. Um, there's a little tag on it that says, please deliver to Spring Valley. Like, it's just so cute. And I, I can't tell from the angle I'm looking at, but it kind of looks like maybe it's like a basket with buttons. Like, it's like real teeny tiny, like you're the size of Tinkerbell. Again, I don't know details about that attraction yet, but I'm hoping we will learn on Sunday. And then 
Ooh, this is good. So Hong Kong Disneyland is opening a frozen themed land. This has been announced forever, years and years and years ago. In fact, when I went on an Adventures by Disney trip years ago, we went to Walt Disney Imagineering. And as part of that trip, they they show you a little something. They show you like a little model of something that's coming down the pike that you don't know about yet. And what we saw was a model for Hong Kong Disneyland's frozen themed land. And so I happened to see this model that like nobody else has seen. There's no images of it. There's just like artistic renderings. And it looks looked so cool. So to see this vehicle, which is a coaster vehicle and it it looks like like a like a sleigh, like a sled. So I know it's not um I don't want to call it kind of like a Matterhorn bobsleds comp, but it is more of like a sled coaster and this vehicle is beautiful. Um it's I think they're calling it like a wandering oaken attraction ride maquette but it looks so good i really 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 am excited to hear more details about this come sunday because even though we can't it's not easy to get to hong kong right now either uh (laughs) this is gonna be cool this is gonna be very very cool now from there you enter a different room and this is where all the disney parks fans are going to be hanging out because there is a very big very detailed two-part model of the forthcoming updates to disneyland's Mickey's Toontown. I always want to say Toontown. The official name is Mickey's Toontown. I'm trying to be good. Um, This is really our first glance beyond artistic rendering of of what these changes will hold. Uh, One of my favorite parts was this Goofy's How to Play yard. So around Goofy's house, there's going to be a lot of fun things that kids can do, that families can do together. Play areas, interactive areas, and I overheard my friend Brady McDonald uh, doing an interview. And in that interview, it sounds like there are also in this space specifically also places to sit, to have quiet time, to get away, to decompress, which is so important and so necessary and something they're really trying to push with this Toontown redo, which I think is going to be great. Um, To the left of that area, kind of where you would, I can't tell how close this is to where you would enter into Toontown, but it's kind of near there before you take a left to go to Goofy's house. Uh, it, there's sensory experiences. There's open space to play. Uh, they're calling this Centennial Park, but n- nobody's going to remember that. So basically, it's just so nice that there is going to be space for people to kind of like break away, be free, separate. And I think it's going to be really, really nice. There was a second separate model that shows the exterior of Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway here. Um, As we know, it has more of a cartoony feel. And it's in the El Capitoon Theater, which was funny. Um, And the way the display is shown is that this is really the main attraction to the right of Toontown City Hall. So all those little restaurants in Toontown seem to, for now, be similar. I'm trying to zoom in. I mean, it says, it. yeah, it looks like that'll still be like a dining area because there's tables out front. But Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is to the right. And I got to say, I, I, think it, I think it fits pretty well. And from there, possibly the most newsworthy bits came from the Tiana's Bayou Adventure model and the Imagineers who happened to be stationed there who were divulging information. I was busy reporting on other stuff. A lot of my colleagues caught some of this information. But one thing that Disney Food Blog got is that there will be a Tiana restaurant coming, like like a restaurant. Um, I don't know further details. Stay tuned to Disney Food Blog for that. It is late at night, so I have not been able to dive into that. But the model and kind of the like renderings that they showed on display up top were really, really sweet. And I think adding a Bayou element to especially the front of this attraction 
is going to make it feel so much better, just so much more rich and full of depth and just beautiful. And I'm very, very excited to see this attraction in full when it does debut in 2024. I'm saying that off the top of my head. Uh, Let me fact check that (laughs) so I don't uh, get in trouble. Uh, Late 2024 at Disneyland. But as part of these announcements, I got a press release at like, I don't know, 10 at night. And it said, surprise, um, Eudora's Chic Boutique featuring Tiana's Gourmet Secrets, an all-new retail store opening in New Orleans Square at Disneyland on September 20th. That is this month. That is in a few days. Uh, there was, It was shown on this like video display that that would be coming. They did not give us a date until afterwards, until I got that email. So I'm pretty, pretty shocked by that. Um I also, I don't want to infer too much about the attraction from what I'm looking at, but I'm just going to say that uh, at the at the drop, like the tunnel right before the drop on Splash Mountain in this model, it looks purple. It is filled with flickering lights. Maybe it has a Dr. Facilier element to it. I don't want to infer anything, but I mean, they put it in the model, so they, they kind of want, they kind of want me to. They kind of want me to, right? I, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm spreading false rumors, but it looks so, so good, and I... I cannot wait, especially at Disneyland Park, for Tiana to have more coverage there because she fits in so beautifully, so, so beautifully. Now, a lot of my colleagues were focused more on this part of the pavilion. I was really trying to get answers for things for Shanghai Disney, which is why I do not have as much reporting about this. But I am going to quote my friend Scott Gustin, who was spent his whole time over in that space. Um, and Moana Journey of Water, according to him, will include a 16-foot Tafiti statue. I'm going to go back to look at this um, tomorrow because I only glanced at it. I get to see it up close. And it looks so cool. Like, it, if it feels as big in person as it seems in these images, it's going to be great. Um, Scott also got from the Imagineers at nearby discussing Tiana's Bayou Adventure that it will include animatronics, including Tiana, and will introduce 16 new characters. Very exciting. Um, the name of the Tiana restaurant in New Orleans Square will be Tiana's Palace. I'm not, I'm pretty sure that's new. Um, again, Disney Food Blog had more information about that. So I would head there. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, we saw the Walt statue that will be at Epcot. I got to tell you, I'm like way more interested <laughs> in some of like the new rides and things than the statue, but it does look cool. Um, and everyone who... Uh, hold that near and dear seem to really really enjoy it I personally um I'm just I love rides I love rides so I was a little more invested in rides I'm sorry I was a little more invested in rides uh but it was good nonetheless then in the kind of semi-final to final room of the Disney Parks and Experiences Pavilion there was um someone on a kind of a stage a platform discussing Harmonious I was not paying attention, but there is a bit about Disney Live Entertainment there. There's also a setup from Walt Disney Imagineering Research and Development. Um, There are different versions of Stuntronics prototypes, which if you are familiar with that, that is the technology that powers Spider-Man at Disney California Adventure, uh, at Avengers Campus. Like that is Stuntronics. That's what made that exist in real life as we know it. So if you are at all interested in science and engineering and things like that, I would absolutely head there, especially because the people working that booth really know their stuff. They also had a display of Project, I've never said this out loud, Project EXO. Uh, it's 3D printed musculature. It It is really cool. It is larger than life. 
And again, the people there will be knowledgeable about it. And you should definitely talk to them. They also had stuff like story living that community Disney's building, which I refuse to cover because I'm convinced it's going to be like 160 degrees every day where that is because it's like basically out in the desert. Uh, And then they had a display about Disney Wish, which I... I skipped it because I have been on the Disney Wish and I was so hungry. I'm sorry. I got to be real with you. Um, But if you have not been on the Disney Wish, I think there'll be a really cool place to stop by to get a little more information about the ship. And I think that is everything from tonight. Again, this episode is going to be a little more rambly and a little looser than the other ones because we finished so late tonight. And I just want to make sure I get this to you before I wake up early for the full first day of Expo with panels and uh, announcements. We're going to get Pixar news. We're going to get Disney news. We're going to get the Disney legends. I'm going to see Patrick Dempsey with my own eyes. Um, what else is tomorrow? There's so much happening. I cannot wait to bring it to you. But for now, I'm going to head to sleep. So thank you so much for listening. Let me know if you have any questions. Um sorry in advance if this sounds bad stay tuned to my social media I'm really blasting news out on Twitter just because it's an easier format than Instagram but I will be trying to double post everything to Instagram stories and to my Instagram feed but I'm doing my best I thank you for following along uh have a I was gonna say have a good night but it is not midnight when you're listening to this so I will talk to you soon and stay tuned for updates every single day okay love you bye another season of the Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find the Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.